Good morning, welcome back. That was a good magic trick. Not here, she's here. It's good to have you this morning. And uh, we wanna share something with you today, by the way, in case you uh, not properly introduced. My name is Joel, this is my wife, Kate. We are uh, blessed to be the leaders here at Antioch West. And um, we feel to share something with you today. The Lord um, has been kind of dealing with us about today, uh, and not just today, but to, we've been kind of chewing on, I guess is the best way of saying it, for the last little while here. And we want to share that with you and take you on a little journey as the Lord leads. We don't have any notes today, so we're going to be walking with you in this uh, uh, as the Lord leads. But... Uh, we live in a current world, and, and I'm going to say this and make sure that you, you, you take it within the context I'm saying it with, because I know it's a very sensitive subject, and what I'm going to say could, could be taken wrong if it's not placed in the proper context. So uh, we're gonna, I'm going to make a statement, and then we're going to build context as we go along to clarify more what I'm saying. But we live in a world where we have focused so much on our feelings that feelings have become the ultimate expression and validation of everything we do, if that's a fair statement to say. I have um, a, an app on my phone um, that is like a, it's an app that gives like sort of inspirational quotes, historical quotes, different things like that, and then just some random things that I guess they put on there. And the other day, one popped up, and it said, uh, the, it was just a simple quote that said, do what makes you happy. That sounds a very noble thing, right? Do what makes you happy. But that is a dangerous slope. Listen, there's nothing wrong with happiness. There's nothing wrong with striving uh, within context. We're going to kind of, I'm going to make some statements and then later on I'm going to come back and probably sound like I'm uh, contradicting myself. But I, I don't believe it's God's desire for us to sit around depressed, sad, and miserable. No. So when we talk about happiness and I say, you know, kind of saying do what makes you happy, that's, that, that, that's, not, that's not right. I'm not saying that within the context of well that means well I'm a uh I'm I'm a, I'm a poor Christian and I should be sad and depressed that's not what we're saying but that's a dangerous precipice that our world is reaching forward and standing on where um we are all built to do what makes us happy so now because of that and we've said, we, we, you've, you've said this before, I've said this before, others, Bishop Wright has said this before. Feelings don't have to be true to be real. Correct. If you've ever dealt with shame, if you've dealt with hurt and pain and fear and those things in your life, we know feelings don't have to be true to be real. But now in our world today, feelings have become truth. If I believe it, and I feel it, it's true. I gotta be frank with you, and I say this, and I don't wanna offend anybody by saying this, I can believe I'm a chicken all I want, and feel like I'm a chicken, and clop, but that doesn't make me a chicken. Cause truth is, I'm a human. That's who I am. But the problem is now we have elevated feeling to the point where now feeling is the thing by which we judge everything. Feeling is the thing by which we judge truth, Feeling is the thing we, which we judge our happiness, our contentment. Feeling. That's why, no offense, divorce rate is so high in this country. Suicide, all these things. And I'm not, I'm not in any way, I know these are very sensitive things. And, and in our world we live in today, there's a lot of people out there that have experienced hurt, experienced a lot of abuse, and I don't want to diminish their pain by making statements today uh, because I know there's people out there that suffer with mental health issues. There are people out there that are uh, dealing with abuse situations that are leading to mental health. And I know there's depression and things of that nature that are, are, are real things out there that people are dealing with. I'm not in any way speaking against those things or trying to say, get over it. That's not what I'm saying at all. 
But now we have legitimized feeling to the point where if I'm not happy or something in my life doesn't feel right, then I am entitled to change that or to go find something else. So you know what? I don't feel like our marriage is great anymore. So guess what? I'm going to go to it. I'm going to get a new spouse. I don't feel like I like my job anymore. I'm going to get a new job. I don't feel like I like where I live. And the problem with this is it's creating a very unstable environment in which all of us are fighting for that next feeling in our life. So we're going to talk about today in the next few minutes about feelings and not in the standpoint of anything wrong with feelings. God made us emotional. You've talked about it before. Women are more emotional than men. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad I got the email of that. Sadly, yes. Uh, although I do know some emotional men, but... <laughs> but predominantly. For predominantly. Lot, yes. And we, there are non-emotional women and there are some emotional men. It's not saying it's across the board. I know nowadays you can't say things that are tied to one gender because you're offending somebody. I'm not speaking of... I'm talking about but in general. wouldn't you say, though, the basis behind you, your premise on this is because ultimately if we live by by way or way of feelings, it really hinders our ability to be able to have a relationship, an effective relationship with Jesus Christ. Correct. And we're gonna that's the point ultimately we're talking about today. That if you live by the standards of this world, everything that we're saying and that we're going to say in the next few minutes is going to sound like a slap in the face because this is not are you kidding me? You know, everybody now Social media has produced an atmosphere where everybody has an opinion and therefore everybody's validated because your opinion matters. And I'm not, a, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not into that. I'm not speaking of that. But we've made it to the point where if you don't agree with me, you're then attacking my feelings. But the problem with that is, and we're going to get that in a minute, as Kate said, this may be okay if our... Society may be saying it's okay. Society is now saying everybody's feelings matter. And I'm, I'm totally, I, I, I'm against racism in all forms and all, all sizes, injustice. I, I, uh, uh, um, I'm against uh, 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 sort of this uh, oppression that's of women and all the things that have happened. And there's a lot of race things going on. And all those things are legit that need to be addressed. I'm not anyway... But nowadays we have made things so, we've, we've swung the pendulum to the point now where nobody can handle anything that challenges the way they feel. So now we have, we have, we have, cre we have carved out a God, you know, back in the Old Testament, they don't do this as much. You know, there's some cultures that still do this. If you wanted a God, you just go find the nearest tree, cut it down, start carving and a few hours from now, you can have a God. And you stick that God on a rock, and you can start paying homage to that God. And that God can become whatever you want it to be. You can make that God a happy God, a mean God. You can give that God, uh, you can pay that God uh, presence of, uh, of, of, of food. You can pay that God presence of, 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 of water, whatever it is. Or God forbid, there's some that made human sacrifices, but you can make a God and you can then create that God to fit whatever you desire him to be. But Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and to ever. We can't change who he is to fit the way the world is currently right now. And the problem is most churches and most people now are even making God out to be somebody who wants you just to feel good. God just wants you to have this world of just feel good. And God is feel. And, and yes, is there a beautiful part of peace and joy and happiness and all this stuff that comes with Jesus Christ? Yes, there is. But there are some times where he doesn't care about your feelings. Because he cares more about your soul. So we're going to get into that in just a moment here as a long introduction. Because we want to go through, if you had to pick, uh, this is a side note. But if I had to pick one 
passage of one book of the Bible. If I lost your 66 books of the Bible, in case you're wondering that today, and you lost all, uh, all, all your Bible and you can only choose one book to, to, to study and to have the rest of your life, I'm telling you right now, I'm going with John. John is by far, and I don't want to say this because I know the word of God is beautiful in Genesis to Revelation. It's all wonderful. John is the best book for me because it's just got so much in there about Jesus Christ. It even goes into where he's come from, who he is, and how he applies. So that's just a little personal thing for me. John chapter 14. We're going to read John chapter 14 and John 15, and we're going to stop along the way because there's some things we want to point out. So John chapter 14 Verse number one says this, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you uh, unto myself. That where I am, you may also be. And whether I go, you may also go. So we skip down. There's a little bit of a uh, situation there with a conversation. Uh, but let's get to verse 25. These things have I spoken unto you being present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So the first thing we know, the first thing that's got to happen is we establish who Jesus Christ is. Once we establish who Jesus Christ is, we then receive his spirit into our life and his spirit becomes the teacher or the guide for us. And then here's the verse, one of the key verses we're going to talk about today. Verse 27, peace I leave to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world giveth, give I you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now, there's some really powerful things that are in that verse and some contrasting statements that are made. Now, we'll read it one more time, and then we're going to talk about sort of the contrasting part of that and how that deals with our emotions. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world giveth you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So that description there gives me a little bit of an understanding because he uses two terminologies there that give me insight to a, another piece, if I could use that. He says, the first one, he calls it my peace. And the second thing he says, the peace I give to you is not like the world gives. So that means there are two pieces. Two pieces. That's a, that's not the right word. There's two, two types, types of peace. peace. Thank you. I knew it was in there. Two types of peace that you have access today. We often only talk about God's peace. Mm -hmm. Well, I got the peace of God. Wait a minute. You might have another type of peace. Because Jesus said, I have... If there's only one type of peace, now I know I'm, I know right now we're messing with somebody's mind. Wait a minute. I thought there's only God's peace. Well, if there's only God's peace, why did he have to say my peace? And then why did he have to preface his peace with it ain't the peace the world gives you? So that means in this world, there is some kind of peace offered. We, we just need a moment to let that settle in because I know for some of you, that's just completely messing with your mind because you've only thought, well, it's God is peace and that's it. Well, it's God's peace and that's all I have. There's other peace out there. Jesus is making the distinction between the two pieces. In the end, he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. So what is the difference between the two types of peace and where is God's peace and what is the world's peace? Now, let's ask this question because we talked about this before. Why do we need peace? If I ask you the question, let's, I'm going to use you as the guinea pig oh, for everybody today. 
If this I is ask, not rehearsed. No, it's not. This is good. I put it on the spot. Because if it was rehearsed, you probably wouldn't have signed up for it. Um, I know. If I said to you today, why do, why do we need peace? For you, maybe not the answer for everybody else, but for you today, Kate Wright, why do you need peace? Or why is peace important to you? Well, for me, because peace guides me. God showed me how to walk in peace. Because for those of you that have been in church a long time, um, we always talk about when the Lord speaks, and the Lord speaks in many different ways. Um, he don't, and he doesn't always speak the same way twice or over, like he speaks in many different forms. So, um, for me, there was a difficult time in my life many times, but this particular, we were taught and trained. You didn't do anything or make a decision unless you had a word from God, which was a, you know, which was the spoken word of God and God never provided that. And um, we were trying to be submitted and be obedient and the Lord walked me through the Lord gave I guess you and I at the time mm -hmm. peace to go on and so peace for me is guidance because in the word of God it speaks about um Oh goodness, it's not coming to me. I well, it says pursue. It says pursue. It says pursue peace and let the peace of God rule, rule your in your life. Right. Yes, and then you shod your feet in the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's what I was trying to think of. Sorry, I'm not good with on the spot stuff. Um, but peace has guided me. God's peace has guided me because peace. God's peace is not an emotion. God's peace is not this tranquility where everything in my life is fine. Actually. The best for me, I'll speak for me, when I know I have peace is when everything in my world is a complete mess, is in chaos, stress, everything is just, it seems like every, by everything that I see or I feel, everything seems out of control, wrong, but there's this steady, steadfast assuredness that mm. it's going to be okay. Even though it doesn't look like it, even though it doesn't feel like it, even though everything I can see, it's, well, how can it be okay? This is going wrong, and that's going wrong, and this is a struggle, and that. But there's this supernatural assuredness that he's in control. He's got it. And again, it's supernatural. It's not this tranquility state where it's a feel-good, okay, everything's great. It's not. It's a supernatural confidence that everything is okay and it leads me but you made two very important statements here and this is sort of where we're going with today and this is not just for those of you that uh never have walked in peace this is for some of you that have walked in peace and are forgetting what the reason why you're walking in peace or maybe you've you've manipulated walking in peace into something that fits with the current world you made two two major statements there that number one peace is a guide that's what ultimately peace is about the peace of god shall rule the peace and that roar rule there is sort of in conjunction with like an umpire today someone who is able to tell you foul fair safe out somebody that's able to be that guide and the peace of god shall rule shall reign shall guide you our feet which is the connection point we have with the world between us and the world should be a layer that protects us, and that is peace. So that's the first thing. And you made a point, a second point there that I think we it just zoomed over our head, but let's just grab it and pull it back down here for a minute because you made a very important statement. Peace, and I'm, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna break this down. Peace is not an emotional thing at its core. Now, does peace affect your emotions? Yes. yes, but peace is not an emotion. Here's why I say that. Because now when we think of peace, uh, this is going to sound goofy, but work with me here. When I think of peace, I'm thinking of like, you know, the 1970s tie-dyed 
long hair hippie with the bandana, probably high as a kite, going, oh man, peace, man, this is just peace, peace, and the peace sign, and the, you know, they got the, uh, this is probably really being stereotypical, but they got, you know, they got the Volkswagen van, and they're driving around to the next Woodstock and listening to Jimi Hendrix, and they're just, they've got peace, man, and let's just all love one another, and that's sort of the peace that started, you know, the, the, the peace movement of the 70s. And I know some of y'all know what I'm talking about because you were a part of that. You still have that tie-dyed shirt somewhere in your closet. But we've made peace into this, and you made it, tranquility. That peace is when, oh, I'm so at peace. I'm at peace. And I'm telling you, I've said this before, you said it before, and it's so true. It is the weirdest thing to be at peace and miserable at the same time. Yes. Because God's peace, because it's not based in our emotions, you can have peace and be miserable. And if you haven't experienced that in the last 14 months of being in quarantine and ready to pull your hair out, or for us of Antioch West, another virtual Sunday and another this and another that, but have peace, but be miserable, that proves to it peace is not an emotion. Here's the problem. You used the word, and I'm going to tie these two together because I think this is really hitting out what we're talking about today. If you didn't have peace, and let's take out the, the word. I've got a word from God. I got God gave me a word. S sorry. I, I'm, I, ooh, I'm going to... Some things I just need to let it go, let it go. So if you didn't have someone giving you some word all the time, you didn't have peace, what would guide you? The only thing left to guide you is your emotions. But forgive me for a second, and I know this is live, and this is what's kind of dangerous, but this is what he and I do all the time. Wouldn't you say your mind and your emotions are connected? Yes, because I do believe your mind can control your emotions. For example, Jesus uh, talks about that, and then later on, the Bible says, bring everything thought into captivity and the reason why you're, but you're thinking not what the devil you know correct what, yes yes right you're thinking because i believe the devil can speak things into your mind but they don't take effect until you take ownership of them because the scripture says peace that surpasses all understanding correct so the reason i say that is because and I know for those of you in Anak West, you've heard this story, and you could probably tell it better than I do. But, and this is going to sound very, very elementary, um, and it didn't come to me till just now. So that's good. So this doesn't, this isn't trying to be self-serving. But to help some of you, God taught me peace. And again, this is going to be, for those of you Bible scholars and for those of you intellectuals, I'm very sorry. Um, just humor me, and you don't have to listen if you don't want to. But for those of you that this isn't too elementary for, God taught me peace through, well, through many, many forms. But he taught me peace in detail through my life, um, through the decisions in my life. Because we, like for now, you, it's one thing to talk about peace in theory. But then when the camera's turned off and we all go back to our lives, how, how do you put that into application? So for me... God was very kind and taught me how to walk in his peace in my life, through situations, through circumstances. So um, this is how he taught me. We were, and again, I know most of Antioch West, but I believe I'm not speaking to just Antioch West today. Um, but my husband and I were on a trip. And at the time we had our two little girls. One was about two or three or four, and our other one was about, 16 months um and we were in this particular country and in the time of our early years of marriage we traveled the lord blessed us that we were able to travel different countries and we had this type of a um tradition where we took and we purchased something for our girls from the different countries that were actually made in the country so we happened to be in this country and I wanted to bring my girls back something that was special and specifically made from the country we were in. Well, I at the time um, had was passing through a mall that they had had there 
and I saw these particular dolls that were very um, unique to this country and I wanted to purchase them. And I, as silly as this sounds, um, we were never able to. Circumstances wouldn't allow us to be able to make it back to the store. Well, I was determined and I ended up like forcing the issue and that was something that the Lord also taught me is when I have to go mm. out of my way to make something happen. And that doesn't mean that there aren't times that we have to push through circumstances and we have to and the Lord gives us that ability. But this was not Jesus. This was all Kate. This was, I want it. It's what's best. And I'm going to do it. Whereas we ended up having to take a 45-minute cab ride mm. out of our way, which was stressful. We were in traffic for a long time, just enough to get to the store. And as I'm at the store and I'm purchasing these dolls, because clearly these are the dolls that my girls are supposed to have there. You know, this would just be the best thing for them. And as I know, as silly as that sounds, but it was the greatest lesson of my life. I went into the store and I picked up two dolls and they were way overpriced. That should have been another indicator. And not to say that the Lord doesn't, I'm not to say that he doesn't allow you to buy overpriced. That's not what I'm saying, but they were overpriced. And, but I was determined. And then I bought some little clothes for them and I get up to the counter and there was a, a little teeny sign that said, um, no returns, no exchanges, no refunds. All sales are final. Well, when you see stuff like that, I don't know if that's a good mm. thing, in my opinion. Because whenever you see a product where all sales are final, no exchanges, no refunds, hmm. that should be an indicator. Well, it wasn't for me. And then all of a sudden, I got this uneasy feeling. But my brain said, nope. That's what girls need. Nope. This, I wouldn't do it. Nope. Nope. This is what's, this is, I've got these, they've got to have, I was so determined that everything, the lack of peace, and at the time I called it buyer's remorse, lack of peace. I know that now for myself. I purchased those dolls. And when I, at the time that sale went through, I got the most sick feeling and it was a feeling. And I thought, oh no. And I took my dolls and I left the store and it, it was done. It was done. But I didn't have that feeling until after it was done. And I walked and I was supposed to meet my husband for food because we literally were grabbing a quick bite and then back to service. And I sat down at the table and I said, I just made a horrible decision. And he said, what did you do? I said, I think the Lord just taught me peace and I didn't listen to him. I should not have bought those dolls. And he just kind of looked at me like, okay, what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> well, what's funny is I got those dolls home. Those girls never played with those dolls one time. And to make matters worse, when they finally opened up the dolls, the hair was already coming apart. The clothing that I had purchased, the stickers were on, was were, were just stickers on a t-shirt. And I thought, and it sounds really silly, okay, what's the big deal about dolls? That's everything. Because when you're sitting before, you're having to make some big decisions in your life, whether it's marriage, whether it's buying a house. And I know for some people it's like, well, God doesn't care about all that. The Bible teaches, teaches us to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength. How does that not bleed into your life? And it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Because I've gotten a lot of flack about people. Well, why do you pray about that? Why do you pray about this? What? Because if I love the Lord your God with all of my heart, all of my mind, that's everything. That's my money. That's my time. That's every part of me. 
what I do, where I go, my successes, it, that's, ev that's everything. And I didn't get, please, I didn't get here overnight. And I was, I apologize, I was not trying to spiderweb from this. But that's what the word of God says. He's to be number one above anything, all, everything. But God was so kind to let me learn this valuable lesson. And you know what's amazing is it started with two little dolls and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful because the next time when it came to purchasing a car, I, my husband brought this to me. I'll just add this and then I'll let you take it back. But my husband was like, we should really check out this car. I thought, no, no, no. And again, I know for some of you I can hear, oh gosh, we've heard this. I'm sorry, I'm not speaking to you. Because apparently your life's great and you've got this. So can you just please be patient for those that don't understand and don't have it and are trying to learn? And some have been told and still are not walking in it. But someone's listening. I'm sorry, I know you're not supposed to do that. But I was, we were trying to purchase a car and we, we do. We try to give God everything. And we're not perfect. There's still many times we do things and the Lord makes it very clear that was not my will for you. Because many times we've purchased stuff and there's been debt. And then God, we go and, okay, God, well, we've got all this debt. And he said, you're right. You bought things you didn't ask me. So we have tried through a lot of error. Okay, God, we want to be submitted to your will. We want you in everything. We want to seek you. We want you a part of everything that we do in everything. Money, time, where we live, who we're married to, everything. Where we go, what we're educated with, what job we have, everything. And so there were two choices of a car. He wanted this particular one. I did not. I didn't like it. It was ugly. It, would, it looked like a box. But I wanted this other car. And so we tested out the car that I wanted first. I loved it. I was like, woohoo, I love this car. This is great. It feels so right. My kids would sit back here. We could put Noah's seat and we could put charity. And this would be awesome. It feels so great. We get into the other car and I didn't like the make of this car. You know, it's so funny. Both of our cars are the same make of that particular, of that car now, which I was, I was sworn off this particular make of cars. I didn't, I did not want it. And I won't bash the maker cause we've, we've got them. Well, for those of you that know our cars, you know what the make of it is. But I get in the car, my husband sit next to me, the guys in the back. And the Lord said, this is it. Uh-uh, I don't want it. And when you have to argue with that, that's generally more than unless you have other, which we won't go there. But I know it's God when I argue. No, I don't, I don't want this one. I don't like it. It looks like a box. I don't want it. So we're in the car and my husband noticed I was really quiet. I'm driving. And we get out of the car and he goes, so what do you think? I said, I don't like it. I'm going to tell you that right now. I don't like it. I don't like the car. Mm. But I feel like I'm, this is it. I'm supposed to have it. And he laughed. He was like, well, let's just see how the numbers run. I was like, okay. I don't like it. But okay. So I'm praying. We're going home because we have to make a decision because we need a car. Our family's expanding. I didn't want it. I did not want it. I didn't want it. I wanted this other one. So I said, okay, God, just let your will, because I, you know, maybe I heard wrong. Maybe that wasn't you. And so, all right, just make it clear through your will, through the numbers. You know, could you just, I know I'm really weak, but could you please, through the circumstances, show your will through the numbers. And again, I'm asking him, I'm submitting it before him. I'm not just letting the circumstances right and good, good and bad determine. I first asked him, then therefore he showed me his will through the circumstances. Many times we look at circumstances, good and bad to always determine the will of God. It does not, not if you don't first submit your will to him for those circumstances. So let me just paint that out. It wasn't because, oh, well, that was just the way the numbers ran it. Mm -mm -mm. Hmm. 
It was because I first asked him, okay, God, which job should I have? What car should I have? Where should we go? What should we do? Then he can make it clear through the circumstances because he doesn't always say, thus saith the Lord, you're supposed to buy this. Thus saith the Lord, you're supposed to go here. Thus saith the Lord, you're supposed to... No, I have to first give it to him and then trust that if he doesn't speak it to me, that the circumstances are his will because I first asked him. Now there are times... And that's for another story. I'll continue on with my story, but I had to make that point because this was not, oh, well, it was just the way it ran because I can hear some of us say, well, of course, the numbers came back, so that was just it. No, I asked him first, okay, Lord, I don't want this car. So will you make your will plain through the numbers that come back to confirm that what I heard from you, because he's all about confirming. He will confirm that this is your will. Well, of course, the numbers came back, and the car I didn't want, the numbers were perfect, and the car that I wanted, they were not affordable. Well, I was not happy, but I said, okay. Lord, do you know what's best? I submit my will, my attitude. I don't want this car, but if that this is what you want me to have. This is your will. I'm submitted to it. Okay. Do you know that car ended up being my most favorite car to this day of what I've ever owned? Best car I've ever, it's still to this day, my most favorite car. And you know what's funny? God is just so amazing. We ended up going on a trip for a week to minister. And guess what car we got for our rental car? The car that I wanted. Do you know within, I know a day and a half, two days, I hated that car. We had our kids' car seats. The seats would not slide. It was the most frustrating. We couldn't fit our stroller in there. There wasn't a, it was like, I, I said to my husband, literally, is there any way we can take this car back and re-rent another car? Like it was that bad. And then I thought, God, you're amazing. And again, this isn't about God making our world perfect and comfortable, but first we were willing to submit and give him our life. And I know this is off of peace, but he taught me peace through these ways. And he and God is very loving and kind. He starts small. He's not going to just take you and dump you in the deep end of choices and say, okay, there you go. He really does know where each and every one of us is at, whether you've known him your whole life and you're, you're his next kin, or you are hearing about him for the first time today. He really will lead you and guide you. He will show you what his peace is. But his peace is not always in our feelings. That's why the scripture says peace is superior to our understanding. And that's why I asked you the question if our feelings and our minds are connected. Because generally, they always seem to match. I'll speak for me, maybe because I'm a woman. I can't speak for a man. But for a woman... Usually my thoughts and my feelings always kind of connect, you know, well, I feel this way and then my, it's, well, it's got to be that way, but that's where peace comes in because peace tells you no matter what you're thinking about, it says, nope, this is it. Nope. It's going to be all right. Well, I don't know. And generally you argue with it. Well, you know, well, it can't be this or it can't be that. So clearly peace supersedes it's superior to your understanding. So that's the point I was making. I know I, told and that talked for a very long time on that but that's why I asked you the question if they were connected and forgive us because I'm not very good when I'm literally thrown in the deep end with this no this is true because I think there's two points there that are extremely important for us to um, get what we're trying to say today what I believe the Lord's trying to say today number one we could tell more stories where we had peace made decisions but circumstantially, it didn't always turn out perfectly. It didn't yeah. always where the you know where we followed God's peace and we didn't get the car that turned out to be the favorite. There were other times we followed God's peace and it seems circumstantially it went opposite. But, it's but also there was peace. Too, but it's as you mature. Correct. It's as you mature. When you're a baby, when you're learning, you know, a little one to walk, you're going to be gentle and okay, you've got it. But the older, because we have three kids. As they get older, comes more responsibility. You can handle more. God is a little bit. So let that be also a determining thing for those of you that may not like, because my husband is right. God taught us peace where everything ended up being, it worked out. 
But then when you follow your peace and then the situation, like we currently just went in, where God didn't speak to us again, didn't give us a thus saith the Lord, you know, this is what you're going to do. And sometimes he does do that. He didn't do that. Where we followed our peace and then when we went into that situation, it was a disaster. And I know some of you have done the same thing where we've gotten phone calls. Well, we followed our peace and it's a mess. You're right. It's because you're maturing. God's taking you to another level. So it's not that you have to question, okay, whether or not his peace really works or whether it really works and it led you the right way. It's the fact you're maturing in him. So therefore he knows you can handle more and allow you to go through more because he knows that he's going to lead you and guide you and you're maturing. Right. And I think to me, this really goes, comes back to one point. We were talking about emotions and we'll, we'll kind of swing back around and we're just no. It's just what the Lord's kind of bringing to the, to our mind today as he, as we're going through this. And I don't think this is going to be the end of it today because there's there's so many different things here that are important for us to to understand. Number one, we talked about John twenty uh, John fourteen twenty seven. Uh, Jesus talks about two different types of peace, and I think if I could describe that in a more tangible way, as you're kind of telling those stories, is that God's peace and the world's peace they 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 have two very fundamental differences is that the world's peace is very circumstantial but god's peace is void of circumstance doesn't mean it that means it's going god's peace is he gives you peace before like for example you got peace before you got the confirmation of circumstance that that car through the numbers was the car but it wasn't like, I don't know, then the numbers came back, oh, now I have peace. God gave you peace, but as because you were learning to walk in that peace, you said, okay, God, I want to know this is you. I feel like this is your peace. Have the numbers work out. But it wasn't because the circumstances pointed you to peace. It was because peace was already there, and then you moved through that. But the problem is with our world and our emotional uh, superiority, that emotions are the ultimate thing. And for you young people, you got that YOLO. We're the, you're the YOLO generation, right? You only live once. So go out and do, I mean, that's our, our world. Millennials are, are extremely, um, uh, um, um, experiential. They're extremely, uh, um, um, they, they want experiences more than they want tangible goods. Nowadays, millennials are moving back to the city by the millions, literally go read. You can look at the statistics. They're coming back to the cities all over the world by the millions because they want the experience of the city. They don't care if it's a shoebox they're living in. They can have experiences because they want things that make them feel good. Feel good, right? But the problem with that is, is that the world says you can have peace if your circumstances around you are at a place of tranquility or a place of prosperity or a place of success. God's peace precedes circumstances. The world's peace follows circumstances. So God's peace is, here's peace, now here comes the circumstance. So whether the circumstance ends up being good or bad, his peace comes before it. The world's peace is circumstances come, and then based off what they are, then my peace follows. You can have, in, there's people out there right now, we got neighbors surrounding us right now. If you walked up to them today, we got one particular neighbor uh, down the street. Both of them have very successful jobs. They make good amount of money. They've got cars and they've got, I mean, they've got everything they want. And if you asked them today, they would probably say, yeah, we have peace. Because right now everything in their world is wonderful. But something happened right now today to change their circumstances that peace would evaporate like that. Whereas if you're truly walking with Jesus Christ, you're going to get up and be smacked, hit, hit smacked across the head on Monday with bad news. But his peace can be a preparation before you get into their circumstances. So when we're talking about peace and emotions, here's the problem. The world has connected emotions and peace. And so therefore, circumstances are right because it makes my emotions feel good and my emotions feel good, then I can have peace. 
I, read, I looked this up just a minute ago to make sure I was right. They estimate in 2024, by 2024, that globally, it'll be 762 billion dollars spent on advertising globally. One of the biggest spenders of advertising, the, one of the biggest advertisers in the world is Coca-Cola. Now, if you like Coke, and let's put all the sugar and all, I know some of you are panicking, like, it's bad for you. Okay, let's put all that aside. Everyone still likes a good Coke in a, a Coca-Cola in a, in a glass of ice. Not it's, everyone likes Coke. Okay, well, they need Jesus. But the rest of you who know Coke is still the best, you're okay. And I know Pepsi, but let's just, Coke is the classic one, right? It's classic. They had that debacle, I think it was in the 70s where they tried, or the 80s. When they try to go to New Coke and it all messed up, so they went back to Coca-Cola Classic. That little red can with the scripted letters of Coca-Cola, that hasn't changed in forever. You, Everybody right now knows where they could go buy Coke right now. McDonald's sells Coke. 7-Eleven sells Coke. Royal Farm sells Coke. Wawa sells Coke. Everywhere sells Coke. Walmart sells Coke. So it's not like, hmm, where can I get a Coke today? I don't know. Who, who sells Coke? Let's Google. Google, where can I buy a Coke? We all know where Coke, we can get a Coke. You go to the grocery store. There's Coke there. Everywhere. So why does a company that has got such brand awareness, and I'm making a point here, who has such high brand awareness, high visibility. Why do they have to spend more money on advertising than most companies in the world? Or do they spend more money on advertising? If people already know. And really, when you look at Coke advertising, what do polar bears have to do with you and me drinking a Coke? Remember the old polar bear commercials? Yes, I do. With the Coke? And then you could buy a polar bear. What is a polar bear? If I, I read an article one time about the psychology of advertising. And one of the things is that advertisers, they base their product on connecting you to a feeling. Mm -hmm. Coke advertises. They don't go, hey, by the way, this beautiful red can is brand new. You'll, we already know it. They, they're not going to tell you anything about the product you don't even know. You know what the product is. You know it. You know the product. You already know it. You know what it tastes like. You know where you can get it. You know everything about the product. They're not trying to sell you on the product anymore. You know the product. Now they're trying to get you connected to the feeling behind the product. And if you don't have this product, you therefore can't have this feeling. And if you have, don't have this feeling, you're missing out. So I want to get you feeling as if, if you don't have this, it's that, what's that, uh, uh, folk? Fear of missing out. What is that called? FOMO. And there's that. That now they. That's social media. Social media has created a whole new category of 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 mental health called. I believe it's FOMO, right? I believe it's missing out. Fear of missing out because I'm on there right, and someone's posting. We're on vacation. We're in Disney World. We're at the mall. We're the, and we're like we're sitting in our house again. So let's go. We got to We got to do it. We got. We can't. Look at how happy they are, and you don't know. When they made that picture, it was like, you know what? Smile. I know you're miserable. I know you want to be here. But if you ever taken a family picture with small kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's like we have a couple pictures in our, from, from when our kids were small, and everyone's like, you have no idea. Like a second before that, we were like, literally, if you don't smile, I promise you, you will go straight to bed when we get home. Now smile! Or the video, the video for Easter that oh, everyone loved. Oh, yes. Our video from Easter last year, the quarantine oh, Easter, where we were having fun and playing. And it was literally like screaming, yelling, tears, cry. Okay, time, go. And we we're like, hey. And then it was like, cut. Oh, and I'm like, it was it was literally like the best. Or tears. They got more video I know, time. It's like, and I'm not, I don't look good. I, I, I look. But you look at that and you go, man, look how much fun they had. We got to do that because I don't want to miss out on the feeling that comes with that. 
And the problem is this. Here's what we're getting at. The Bible talks about, we just read it, John chapter 14, and we're going to go back to what, what, what was said earlier. John chapter 14, verse 26 says, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, will teach you. There's another word there. Another translation says guide you. So that tells me something. I'm going to be guided by something today. I'm going to make my decisions based off something today. Most of us and our world now is telling us that you got two options to guide you today from the world standpoint. And both of them, if you, if you stop for a moment, you'll know our world is feeding us this like absolutely in our face all the time. There's two ways we can make decisions today that can guide you. Emotions and intellect. Right? Because now... Every other commercial is on getting a college education. And I'm not saying something's wrong with college. Go to school. But now it is, you got to go to school because you go to school, you'll feel accomplished. You go to school, you'll feel good about yourself. You'll have more confidence. You'll get. So now if you're guided, you're guided because you're smart enough to be guided or you have an emotional. So now you're going to be guided, no matter who you are today, I don't care how sophisticated you think you are, you're being guided by something today. You're either being guided by your emotions or you're being guided by your intellect. And peace that we're talking about comes in and says, I don't need either one of these. Because peace is superior than understanding. So peace, intellect here, peace here. God's peace. Now, world's peace. You know, what do you think? What are the strength? Why can't we all just get along? And we think when, you know, the Bible says when they cry peace and safety, then sudden destruction is going to come upon them as travails upon, comes upon a woman with child. The world's going to come to a place where one day they're going to finally say, we've reached peace because nobody's fighting. Nobody's killing one another. They're going to try to legislate peace. They're going to try to mandate peace. They're going to try to govern peace. And they're going to put all this stuff in. And finally, going to get to the point where they say, okay, we've reached it. We have peace. And the Bible says at that point, destruction is going to come because it's not true peace. Jesus said, I've got peace, but you can find peace in this world. But here's the problem. My peace is still going to be there when I'm hanging on a cross and all of the world seems to be coming to an end. You can have peace. My peace is going to come when you don't know what the outcome is. My peace is going to come when the doctor says to you, I'm sorry, ma'am, but we found some cancer. And we're going to have to take you immediately into treatment. And we don't know if it's too late. God's peace says, cancer, circumstances, I've got that. Bishop Wright told a story last night about uh, my mom's uh, walk in 2014, I believe it was, 2014. She got diagnosed with breast cancer, and the doctor was very pessimistic about the prognosis. And they talked about it. They never prayed and asked God to be, for healing. They never, they, they just walked every day in peace circumstances around them and they would go to the infusion centers they would go to all the places but also don't leave out though they didn't just walk every day in peace every time every day they prayed a prayer between yeah. them and god lord we trust you i don't remember verbatim how right. he said it but we trust you we believe that you love right. us we have confidence that you've got it and I think he said that they prayed multiple. They had there to pray that multiple that, yeah. times because she was so battled with fear. Right. And they were never, the Lord never told them that she was going to live. No. And so it's not that just once you have, because that's the thing about peace is you don't just, one time once you have it, it says seek peace and pursue I'm it. I'm pull that scripture up. You have to constantly pursue it. You can have it one minute and lose it the next but you have to keep pursuing it. You have to keep after it. You have to walk in it. It's a con it's not just once you oh I have peace so I have peace. That's no, no, the no, truth. no 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 this no. This is the truth. You it says seek peace and pursue it. Right. Because that's because another That's good... what they did. Is they in the moments of difficulty they'd stop. They wouldn't allow the fear and go into they didn't do that. They settled it. Then they went back to Jesus and said, "Okay, God, we're battling this." And they went back to him. 
and they reconfessed again because when it comes to all that, you question, okay, Lord, can I trust you? Are you really good to me? Or I don't know if God loves me. I mean, that's always the, like the first one is when something wrong comes in our life. You know, God doesn't love, God doesn't care. You know, that's why there's a lot of, there's so many atheists is if God was really who he says he is, why is there so much bad? Why is there so much hurt? Why is there so much pain? Why, 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 why? Whereas when, because we're going to go through things, the word of God says that. And there is an end to our life. We're going to be going somewhere for those of you that believe the word of God. And so that's really what it's all about. But it's, it's peace is not something that you just, it's once you have it, you'll, no, 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 no. You have active. to, sorry. No, no. Psalms 34, 14, seek peace and pursue it. And I think that's what we're saying. We're talking about some contrasting here between the two types of peace. One, God's peace, not based on our circumstances. Circumstances usually come after his peace, and they sometimes are good, and sometimes they're not good. But the world says, okay, if your circumstances are right and your emotions feel good, then you can have peace. But the second part there that you're making is the differentiation is God's peace is an active pursuit. The world's peace is a, per is a passive pursuit. I'm just going to find my inner peace. I'm going to come to a place of inner peace, whereas God is I am actively pursuing. It's a daily choice. And the way I do that, here's how, is through, like you were saying, bringing my thoughts into captivity because my thoughts are going to open up the door to my emotions. For example, I've always talked about this before, but fear begins usually with a thought that produces a feeling. You don't have a feeling and then a thought. Fear usually is, I see a shadow. That shadow makes me think, what is that? What's that there? I see a figure of a man, then I have fear. I'm rubbing my arm and I feel that, or I'm touching my body, or or I feel a lump, or I feel something, and all of a sudden, what is it? Question brings uncertainty, uncertainty, fear. It's these type things, it's this, it's this, uh, 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 stages and what we're talking about today what we're trying to get somebody to realize whether or not you are been with the Lord for a long time or you're just brand new or you're young or you're old no matter where you are today you are in need of this type of walk with Jesus Christ that he's offering you he's offering you a peace through his spirit you can't have peace without the spirit of God that's the first thing you got to understand today the comforter will come which is the Holy Ghost how do you get the Holy Ghost that's very easily found, John chapter 3 and both and Acts chapter 2 give us the description of what it means to have the Spirit of God and the evidence that comes with the Spirit of God. But once I have that, it's not an automatic because the Spirit of God is there to guide me and teach me and walk with me through this, but I have to continue to pursue it. And then I got to make the choice, which peace do I want? My peace, his peace, or the world's peace and our emotions and our world now says, just do what that song. How can something so wrong feel so right? That's our world, right? And we do that. We, we, we judge if something's right or wrong based off it feels good. Well, if it's, if it's wrong, then why does it feel good? It's a slippery soap, slippery, slippery soap. And at the end here, we'll skip to uh, John chapter 15, and you said it before. John 14 is through this whole thing with peace, and uh, Jesus is giving us this description of the two types of peace and the importance of deciding on what peace is going to uh, be the God of your life. And so 14 continues, and he talks about uh, all of this. And in verse 30, he says, you know, the God of this world has come, the prince of the world has come, had nothing in me. But then he gets into 15, and here's the, here's the whole linchpin to all of this. This is the thing that keeps everything together because... One mistake, and we're almost done here, but one mistake we make in reading the Bible is we get those, we have those chapter markings and we think that makes it separate. So the end of 14 ends with, I love the Father as the Father gave me, uh, even so do I, arise, let's go hence. And we say, okay, that's it. But the Bible continues. And I believe 15 gives us the further key to 14. And it says this, I'm the vine and my Father is the husband. Every branch that beareth not fruit taketh away every branch that bear fruit he purges purgeth it that it may bring forth more, more, uh, more fruit purgeth it means he's going to take you through circumstances that may not feel good to you but you can have peace that he's working in these things 
Now you are clean through the word of God which I have spoken. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him. Here we go. The same bringeth forth much fruit. And here's the final slam the door on this statement. For without me, you can do nothing. Well, that just means, you know, the spiritual stuff. Eh. Well, it just means the stuff that's, you know, the major stuff. Eh. Without me, you can do nothing. And that word nothing comes from two different words. But we get the translation nothing. That word comes from two Greek words. The first one means not even. And the other one means one. Literally, that word nothing means not even one thing can be done without me. Now you say, well, if that's the case, I've been doing a lot without God and it's going pretty good. It may be because your circumstances are okay. But come back and tell me that when everything falls apart. I've watched even the most proud and strong and most successful people brought to their, brought to their knees by something beyond their control. Whether it's a loss of a loved one, news from a doctor, financial calamity, whatever it might be. I've watched even people that say, I'm okay, I don't need anybody, brought to their end, to their needs, to their knees, when circumstances change on a dime. And if you don't think circumstances can change on a dime, let me take you back to the end of February in 2020 when we heard about this little tiny rumor coming out of China that of this coronavirus that was in this city in China that most of us had never even heard about. And then, oh, by the way, it gets out there on the West Coast. It was in Washington State. And, oh, you know, it's still way away from us over here on the East Coast or wherever else you're watching. And the next thing you know, a month later, wham! And how much did we talk about? And we could feel it. We, we talked about it before. You'd go out and you could feel it. How much did we talk about in the beginning of COVID? You could feel the fear. Oh, it was tangible. It was it was, you could go into Walmart and you could almost... There was one day we went to, we went to Costco. I won't forget. That was the first time... Costco, it, it almost felt like, honestly, I felt like I was panic. being suffocated by the sheer fear I could feel in that place. It was as almost like it was literally you could feel and smell and taste and see fear. Why? Because our circumstances had changed and therefore our peace was lost. But for those who are walking in all in Jesus Christ, yeah, we had moments. But every moment we had, we would just grab hold yeah, of that. Then. We get our thoughts. We put our thoughts down and say, okay, I'm bringing every thought into captivity, every fear into captivity, and I grab a hold of that peace, and God would just go, whoosh, mm -hmm. and we'd feel peace, and we'd, we'd pray. We'd walk through all that. And, and I know some of you, well, COVID was just a big thing, man. Well, you know what? God bless you, but for, the, for a lot of people, it had a profound effect because circumstances. God is more than a feeling. God is more than a feeling. So if you're seeking a feeling today, yeah, God can bring you a feeling. If you're seeking feeling today, yeah, God, God heals you and touches you and it feels wonderful. There's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. There's, there's a feeling. I love it. It's great. I love walking with Jesus Christ because it brings peace and joy in my life. It is, there is feeling. I'm not saying that God's going to make you feel miserable, but you're happy and you're, going to, you're miserable, but it's, I've got peace. But this is, that's not what this is about. This is about saying that God's more than a feeling. If you're seeking a feeling, you're going to be disappointed because there's sometimes you're not always going to feel. Or there's danger in a feeling. There's danger in a feeling. a feeling. There's a danger. There's a good Bible story to read about Isaac when he went to talk to, when he went to pray over his son to bless him about the passing on the blessing of the next generation. And he says, there was this trick being played, but, but they dressed up Jacob 
in some long in some in some in some hair to feel like his brother Esau because Esau was very hairy and and when they brought them to Isaac Isaac was very uh, very frail at the time couldn't see and he reached out and he touched the arms of Jacob and he says it feels like Esau but it sounds like Jacob and he blessed. Jacob thinking it was Esau because he went with what he felt, not with what he heard. I got to be frank with you. There are some times where this book says things that don't match up with feeling. So you've got a, you've got a cho choice today. Do you pursue feeling or do you pursue truth in him, which is his peace? Pursue peace. And if feeling comes or not, it won't matter. Father, I thank you today. I, can, I know there's so many of us out there today. We, have, we are surrounded and inundated. We are absolutely on every side with so much in our world pulling us in so many directions. Buy this, go here, do this, have this, enjoy this. And God, sometimes that leaves us feeling empty, vulnerable, alone, broken, sad, depressed. Some of us today are dealing with real issues. There are some today that are battling with suicide, with depression, because the world and circumstances around them have so pulled away any sense of peace and joy that they don't even know what to do anymore. But God, you are the answer. You're always the answer. You will always be the answer. And for those of us today that are desiring to be led of you, to walk in you. I pray today that a fresh revelation of peace would fall upon us. And those of us today that don't know where to go, I pray today that by your spirit, we would receive your spirit into our hearts and lives. That the spirit of God can be the guide and the truth to us that we can walk in peace today. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Father, by your name and by the power of your word today, that truth would be uh, a revelation would be would be uh, would be would open in our hearts and lives that we can see and understand what you're giving us today. That your peace that's greater than understanding. That your peace that's superior than emotions would become the dominant thing in our life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God bless you today. Um, I, I know, I mean, and I say this not. I feel like I say it a lot, and you sound like it's just a, a a line. But I mean that. I know God has spoken to someone today. The question is, what are you going to do about it? You've heard it. Now what? It's your choice. But pursue peace. Cast down imaginations. Bring every thought into captivity that you can. Find and pursue and seek the peace of God in your life. Not peace. I want peace. No, what kind of peace do you want today? His peace or the world's peace? Because there's peace out there. But what peace do you want? His peace is superior. His peace is everlasting. His peace doesn't change. His peace is the same yesterday and today and forever. His peace is. Pursue his peace. And you will, you will find the greatest blessing you could ever walk in when you walk in his peace. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We're so happy to have you uh, a part of Antioch West. If you're a part of a life group, let's go pursue peace today in our life groups. And we'll be back again next week at 10 a.m. right here on Sunday morning on Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, by the way, in advance. I'm, I'm giving it to you already. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. And more importantly, Walk in peace. And if you've never tried it, try it. What do you have to lose? Try it. Let God guide you in his peace. In Jesus' name. God bless you. See you next time.